Welcome to the Livonia and Sarah podcast, where we chat weight loss, health, well-being, and share our stories to help and inspire others. I'm Livonia. And I'm Sarah. And on today's episode, we're joined by our special guest, Danny Spees, who's a holistic weight loss coach, food blogger, and YouTuber with over 2 million subscribers. Danny's talking with us about why diets don't work, sharing her weight loss story, advice on how to start and maintain weight loss transition, as well as chatting about her book, Clean and Delicious. So please join us for what's going to be a really informative episode. Before we get started, we're sharing on how we did with last week's challenge. Just to remind people, so last week's challenge was not that you had to cook all your own food. So yes. not to eat out, no not to have food. any ultra processed yeah. food, all the rest of it. Um, and so I have to fess up because, well, I had a, a, a had a blowout. Um, <laughs> I like a really took... big confession is coming. <laughs> I know. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I took a, a friend to a great food store in, down in Indianapolis called Saraga, and they had food places set up all along in there but didn't have any of that. Afterwards, we went um, for dim sum, yum cha, to a restaurant nearby and thoroughly enjoyed it. All the little dumplings, Good. you know, those yeah, yummy <laughs> steamed dumplings, um, salt and pepper squid, yeah, mm-hmm. lots of tea, maybe had a beer. Oh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, well, if you're going to do it. <laughs> home, right? I came home and... Um, and saw Sarah's post that she'd put on the stories about mm-hmm. um, this is our challenge for the week. Our challenge is to cook all your own food. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Fail. yeah, Failed at that one. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was just sitting there thinking how full my little my tummy was <laughs> from the dumplings. <laughs> feeling like anyway, a little dumpling. <laughs> not, not, I, you're right, feeling like a little dumpling. But I no sooner read that. Then I got a message from the friend that had gone <laughs> to dim sum with me saying, well, I guess you blew that challenge. Dobbing you right in. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So I had that. And I had a moment yesterday. Do we need to talk about that one yes, too? Yes, we do. Come on. Now okay. We... <laughs> now we're getting it all out in the open. Come on. Right. I dropped in to see a friend who owns a lovely Mexican restaurant in a little town called Cicero near me. And because um, the grandpa had died. So I thought I'll pop in there. I'll grab nice some salsa mm-hmm. and I'll grab some salsa while I'm there because then I can just be eating some salsa and chips while because they do all the stuff in house there while I'm working in the afternoon. And I walk in and I ordered it. She's like, do you want to have a margarita with me? And I was like, yeah, why not? Because <laughs> she makes the best margaritas because they're all made from scratch. So I sat at the bar and um, instead of taking my salsa out, I sat at the bar and chatted to her for quite a while I only had one margarita though but anyway so yes there we go (laughs) the rest of the time I've been cooking happily cooking my own food Mm. well I don't know if I feel cheated or if I should feel very righteous because Mm. I actually righteous challenge I know you want to be righteous I know um we went well the only day really that I found it particularly challenging as such was we went out Saturday and we were out on the road for most of the day and um, it got to past lunchtime. I was like, oh, we haven't eaten anything. What am I going to do? I was like, I can't. I can't eat because I have to eat at home. So I bought some fruit. That was it. Well, 
that's been that's so very well else done. chomped on a takeaway I sandwich know. and did this yeah and did that. dumplings anyway. mm-hmm. oh right oh, yeah, oh no yeah. yes oh I, I see when I, mean. I thought you meant yeah. me but well yeah, no you yeah, too him. I didn't know that if I yeah did. but anyway yeah um, no yeah, I he... I was good at that point that was on the weekend right yeah yeah no I was good then yeah it was just Mm, yeah I did feel very very righteous he bought a sandwich and stuff it's like nope just got my fruit got my water and then had that so I've done very well I have I'm going to draw up a little tally Livoni and you have got a big round zero next to yours okay I've got Sarah's going to do another spreadsheet spreadsheet. we know she loves those (laughs) yeah give me a zero I earned it yeah next week next week's Mm going to be yours (laughs) I am going to make myself something very delicious tonight though um, because I just, I've got pumpkin, Ooh. which I mean, that might not sound exciting, but one, I love pumpkin and two, it's hard to get here. Isn't I it? mean, they have butternut squash. That's we call yeah. butternut pumpkin in Australia, but like pumpkin, that's almost Aussie looking pumpkin. So yeah, I'm going to do that with some chicken and redeem myself somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we have, um, like you were saying, special guest on the show. So um really looking forward to that to chatting really to Danny yep. today. That's gonna to be awesome. We're incredibly excited to have a special guest on the podcast today. It's our pleasure to welcome Danny. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. I had the pleasure of doing most of the food styling for Danny's book. Um, this fabulous book clean and delicious you can see I've got some pages marked (laughs) Um, and having tried many of the recipes I can testify that the title is very fitting we'll share a little bit about you in the intro but would you like to share with our listeners more about yourself and what made you choose a career path in um, nutrition sure so thank you for having me um uh so I am what made me I am a health, wellness, and weight coach um, by nature, right? By that's what I've studied throughout the years. And I, my husband and I produce a YouTube channel and a cooking blog where our intention is to just make healthy eating easy and accessible and sane and fun and delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, so much of what I do today was born out of my own journey and struggle with weight and food when I was younger. Um, I actually was all signed up to go to culinary school and I didn't go because I panicked because I was afraid to be around food like that all of the time. And so I then ended up studying fitness and nutrition because that was like my dual interest. Um, and then it came full circle. So uh, our YouTube channel really was like a happy accident because I was coaching clients and I would go to their house because I had so many people who genuinely wanted to eat better, but they were like, I don't know what to do with a sweet potato. I don't know what to do with eggplant. Like, I, I don't know what to do with it. So I would go to their house and give everybody like cooking lessons. And so um, my husband, who was a little bit more in the, the in, in um, entertainment industry, he did voiceover for a living. I was like, why don't we just record these and put them on YouTube and then you can share them with your clients. And then that's what we did. And then YouTube started to become YouTube and it was a bit of a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Well, now it. you've got, I said in the intro, you've got over 2 million, it's like 2.2 million followers now on YouTube. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, and so does that keep you busy? Is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's. Definitely. Yeah. Right. That's a main focus of what we work on. Um, 
And yeah, it does because it's a lot of content creation and, you know, it's on an ongoing basis. So, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Danny, um, your, the, your book, Clean and Delicious, can you just, um, for people that don't know, um, here's the book again, but for people that don't know what clean eating is or what that means, can you just give them a bit of a rundown sure. on what that is? I mean, I think truly different people have different definitions, right? For me, the idea of clean eating is simply a focus on real whole unprocessed foods as close to their natural state as possible most of the time. I really like to like make it clear that I am not a food purist. Um, I think that there's a lot of different ways to approach healthy eating and that different things work for different people. But I know for myself, when I was in my journey, like really struggling with food and dieting all the time, for me, that focus of like thinking, oh, I can eat all of these foods, like these, there's so many things I can be adding into my, into my diet, into my eating. Um, it just felt like really abundant and fun. So that was kind of what started to turn me on to that approach. Mm -hmm. okay. um, I love your ethos of ensuring that food tastes great as obviously as well as it being clean. Um, what's the hardest thing do you think that you found when you've been moving to clean eating, but still keeping the food and the recipe as appetizing as perhaps you'd always want it to be? What's what's the sort of the trickiest thing you found with that? You know, I honestly think the hardest thing uh, for myself or for so many people that I've worked with is letting go of what we think we're supposed to do. And right. so you think the answer is going to be right. Like the hardest thing was I can't eat cookies anymore. The hardest thing is I can't, I can't buy, you know, Doritos with processed oils or whatever, but it's like, no, you can, <laughs> right. You like letting go of a lot of the food rules, focusing on what feels good and finding creative ways to level up like classic dishes and things that I love. Um, but I think really letting go of the idea that it has to be done a certain way and that you can or can't do things that, that you may want to do or eat or include in your lifestyle. Okay. One of the, the things that, you know, well, that a main focus really today um, is like why diets don't work. Cause I love that bit in your book about that. So like, why, why don't diets work? I believe, and from my experience, diets don't work because we approach them with a very like outside in mentality, meaning we think that there is a way. And then what I see happen is that we, people will try to abandon themselves to stick to the plan or to stick to the diet, or we make ourselves wrong when we, we can't do it perfectly, or we don't want to do what the diet says. Right. And so for me, you know, when I say diets don't work, really what I think happens is that diets create a, a mentality, diet mentality, mm. right? Which is something wrong here, something is broken, something needs to be fixed. And a diet is the savior the right way. Mm. And then when we can't do the diet, we we begin this like negative internal dialogue, right? Within ourselves. And so I think it becomes a very toxic thing. And so I I always mm tell people that dietary systems can be fantastic guidelines. And if something speaks to you or you feel called to try something, you know, use it as a general guide, but not in spite of yourself, right? Don't make the diet wiser than you or your body. Mm -hmm. and, mm, uh, I like that. Yeah. And, and really practice kind of, um, you know, it's a nuanced conversation because I do think, you know, the culture we live in, the conversations about body and weight and diets. I think a lot of people are simply just brought up. I know I was, you know, mm. to 
believe that there's a way to do it. And when you can't do it like this, that there's something inherently wrong with you. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's about deprivation too, I think. And it's about deprivation. Yeah. We will ourselves to do this thing. But the truth is, is like, if, if you, if you don't, if you're not meeting yourself where you are and you're not being honest with what you want to do and how you want to do it, right? You're going to feel like you're working against yourself. And that's when we try to use willpower. And willpower is a temporary, you know, force, if you will. There's only right. long we can will against ourselves for. Like I always say, if you're, if it's you against you, eventually you lose, yeah. right? You have to say to yourself, like, what do I want and how do I want to do it? And what can, how can I make it work for me? I, I, I say it all the time because it's been my journey and I believe it so much. It's like women need to learn how to be their own best friends and like, most of the things in society are not demonstrating that for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we live I, in such a diet forward yeah. culture, especially God, the U S is so crazy about that. Yeah. I think. And which is, I don't know. It, it There's so many overweight people here. Um, me for one, I put on so much weight since I've lived here. Yet it's all about, everything's about diet I mean, yeah, yeah it's almost it's, the exact it, opposite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's, it is. and you know, it's funny too. It's like diets. I think they also kind of, they make us think that, you know, this whole healthy thing is supposed to be, ha- you know, like fast and hard and perfect. And, and it's not right. Like I'm, I've been in this game for so many years and I, it's still daily work, right? Because it's, it's a practice of like self compassion and like self, you know, building a friendship and a relationship with yourself. Like, I think there's so much from the diet culture that makes you believe that, you know, it's a, like, you know, it's supposed to be easy and it, it, it should be effortless and look mm. at everybody else doing it. And it's, it's just not true. You Actually, know, I was going to ask you that, Danny. I was going to say, so now that you've obviously had experience with diets and you're now in this healthier relationship with food, is it something that you still find yourself having to make a conscious decision about, or does it feel all more automatic for you now? So as you were talking about being your own best friend, is that, do you find that does flow quite naturally or do you still have to have those conversations with yourself? So I would say, you know, as far as I, I truly enjoy like the foods that I eat and eating well is, is pretty effortless. I would say for me, mm-hmm. and that's, I eat perfectly, right? Like well to me and includes chocolate and cookies and things like that. Yeah. Um, I would say I still work on like for, for me, everything is a reason to eat, right? Like I'm like, I'm happy. Let's eat. I'm sad. Let's eat. I'm yeah. bored. Like, so for me, a lot of the the work that I still do is really, you know, that practice of going, you know, food truly solves for one problem and that's hunger. Right. And so when I'm looking for food to solve for other things mm-hmm. and I tell them this too, like food is a fantastic solution and it works temporarily for many different things. And sometimes I choose it. Like I always say, it's like a, one tool in my tool book. But sometimes if I'm stressed, I eat, I, I choose to do it. It's a tool, right? Yeah. I still want it to be the only tool in my tool belt, right? And so um, that is something I do work on going, okay, <clears throat> I'm not hungry now. I want to eat this thing. Why is that, right? And, and then I think when we can understand our desire to eat when we're not hungry, you know, and I think this is really good work for anybody to do because when you can understand, so because I'm going to back up so many people, let's say if you have a desire to eat or overeat when you're not hungry for food, we think 
the answer is like, just don't eat. Right. And so then we go into this like fight with food and mm -hmm. we put so much energy and attention on food. And, but it's, it's really about, again, coming back to that place of self-compassion and trying to understand like, what are you needing right now? What are you really wanting right now? And then doing the work of fulfilling that with something other than food. And yeah, it takes more effort than eating. That's yeah. the thing. Right. And so I think acknowledging that what's actually happening, acknowledging that it can feel hard sometimes and, and then allowing it to be a practice and a process because it truly is an ongoing practice in, you know, that's what I've found. Mm -hmm. I like that you said um, in the section in your book about why we overeat and you talk about the um, emotional eating, how you said you could write an entire book just about that. It's funny because I never pegged myself as an emotional eater but the the more that Sarah and I delve into things that uh, you know different topics that we've done emotional eating was one of them and I was like well yeah I am an emotional eater I think a lot of people probably are you know that mindless eating mm. which well you know, I think you know it's a better thought you know I love the idea like we are all emotional beings so of course mm. we're the emotional eaters right mm. like we're not robots you go to a birthday party you eat cake not because you're hungry because you're celebrating right that's right and it's not bad right mm -hmm. and so I think it's really allowing ourselves to go yeah there are times we're going to eat for emotions and that doesn't have to be this crazy negative label it's a journey of understanding why we do what we do so we can choose do I want to do that? Sometimes I want to eat emotionally and I'm all good with that. And sometimes I'm like, mm, this is not the way I want to eat emotionally. Right. And so right. again, that awareness so that we feel more empowered and not like something's happening to us. Mm, right. That it still really is in your control. Yes. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people sometimes feel like it's out of their control and they've got to be on a diet or off a diet, not you know, eat a diet, if you understand what I mean. But I mean, we all can control it. I think just if but people gonna, see, allow I'm, themselves to know that, that they I would, can. I would be a little more nuanced in this sense, because again, this is where this, it can get, our brains can, and like surrender the approach of control, right? Like that, right? control it. Because even when I think that to myself, it does like notice how you feel if you think to yourself, right? Well, I should be able to control this or I can control this. It feels a little bit shameful. It feels mm -hmm. a little like I okay. should be able to do this better. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus, you know, I can try to understand this. I want to understand this and, you know, practice making these decisions because the truth is in many ways, and this is my opinion, I think there are desires that we have. Like I always explain to my clients that our bodies crave homeostasis. Our bodies want to be in balance, right? Energetically, they mm -hmm. want to, your body knows that if you get too contracted, too stressed, too uptight, that that is the beginning of dis-ease. So the body's like, I want you to come back to balance. Now, if you're in a tight energetic state, your body knows sugar, alcohol, carbohydrates are the most expansive foods and they will create expansion energetically in the body. So, mm -hmm. so your body is wise. It's always working for you. Mm -hmm. And if you come, if we come at this with an idea of like, I need to control my cravings, I need to control, you're trying to fight against a force 
right? Like your body's connected to a bigger, it's always going to win in the end. It's yeah. always going to win in the end. So that's why, again, I always come back to this home base of befriending ourselves and trying to understand, like your body is not working against you. If you're having chronic cravings, chronic desire, really trying to understand what's happening there is the key. Because when we come at it with the idea of trying to fix or control, we right. automatically go like this with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Automatically. Yeah, that makes sense. And I can slip back into that easily myself too, because it's so pervasive. You know, it's kind of what we hear all of the time. Like, yeah. And it's also a band-aid. It's not digging into the whys, like you said, you know. Well, I was gonna say that so you you talk about honoring your hunger and, and as you just described there, having these other reactive situations that your body is feeling. Do you have any understandably brief because I should imagine this is a huge topic but kind of brief touch points that would help people identify maybe whether it's honoring true hunger or whether it is another feeling that they're feeling and I totally understand actually that's something I've never thought of about this battling with control but but almost trying to understand those feelings a bit more how can people start to unpick to identify that rather than honoring a hunger which you talk about as well but how do they know if it's a true hunger or if it's something else yeah so that's a great question i mean i would say the very step one would simply be if if you're feeling hunger and you're like i'm not sure if i really want to eat or if this is true hunger just pausing and to me closing your eyes right trying to block out as many sensations as you can Mm -hmm. and putting your hand on your stomach or like on your heart and your stomach and just feel like trying to drop out of the mind and into your body. And I think a lot of times when we have a desire to eat and we're not hungry and we have this unconscious conversations that kick in faster than we even know they are, which is like, shouldn't eat, you you know, you're not really hungry. It's not time to eat yet. It's like, like that all happens. It creates a stress response in the body, right? So just closing your eyes, hand on your heart, hand on your stomach, and giving yourself permission, 10 deep breaths, first and foremost, self-love, self-compassion, like nothing has gone wrong, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, would you like to eat right now? Are you hungry right now? What Mm -hmm. would you you be hungry for? Yeah, that's the (laughs) thing. And listening, right? Because we're so wise. I think Another thing about dieting is it really teaches us we're so meta, right? We're so in our brains. We're so in our heads, like with information that we lose sight of where the information really comes from, which is from our body. Yeah. So like quieting our minds to, to try to feel our body. Yeah. Why do you think that when people do, do lose weight, why, because I mean, it's stats, I don't know, you know, how true this is but I know a lot of people that have lost weight and put it back on and then some me being one of them but how why do you think that happens why why do you, do you think it's that on off sort of mentality that that why do you think people tend to put the weight back on well I think it's multifaceted okay I think you know there's like there's a deeper conversation for some people who for for whatever reason can not feel safe at a lighter weight, right? So that that that's a bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have past traumas, like where just extra weight creates extra safety, extra barrier. Uh, barrier, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's a bigger conversation. Right. And then also for some people, it's just they don't lose it in the way they want to live their lives, 
right? They lose it. Mm. White knuckling it, they lose it. Mm. Deprivation. Everything they've got to stick to the plan, Mm. but feeling like they need a break from it, right? Like feeling like it's, it's like really hard work to do. Right. Yeah. And then eventually you're just like, okay, enough, like enough. Yeah. Do you, do you find looking at um, looking at in a different way? This is something that Sarah and I talk about. Um, that looking at it more from a health perspective than a weight loss perspective, or you know, glowing skin, clear eyes, that sort of thing. Do you think that that tends to help rather than thinking I need to do this to just to, to lose weight and be solely focused on that? I think it does. I think for a lot of people, it does. I think because we are so programmed to think extra weight means something is inherently wrong, that when we focus on weight loss, we automatically are putting ourselves into this mentality of fixing ourselves. Like I'm going to be better when I get over there. I'm over there. I'm going to, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be life's just going to be better. It's all going to be rainbow. And like, but I think, so it's like, if you can meet yourself in the moment, always with the question of what feels the most loving right now, what feels the most nurturing right now? What's the most self? Cause sometimes like cookies are a loving decision and sometimes they're not. And that is about knowing yourself. Am I doing this because I'm truly going to enjoy it and, and I feel good. And I, you know, I know, you know, eat a few cookies, you feel great. It's delicious. You had them with your kids or whatever it is. Other times it's different. Like, I'm sad, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed and I just want to disappear and eat the cookies and, you know, right? So it's never about the thing. It's always about how we use the thing or how we want to be in relationship with the thing. Right, because I've, you know, I've experienced almost that you do the overeating or eating a particular type of food because you almost want to hurt yourself without without realizing that. But it's almost that self-harm sort of situation thinking, well, you know, it doesn't matter because I'm so overweight anyway, I'm just going to make it worse and it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it and then the more you eat the more you feel like that so okay that's another I I, I know I know exactly what you mean but I would argue (laughs) that we don't want to hurt ourselves that honestly whenever we are overeating we are doing our best attempt in that moment to take care of ourselves and I really believe that I don't believe anybody eats like I'm just going to you know do self harm to myself. That's not what's happening. What's happening is that there's an emotional response that we don't know what to do with. We don't know how to meet. We don't know how to process. We don't know how to be with. And so we're either easing ourselves, we're distracting ourselves mm-hmm. you know, and, and food helps us get there. It blocks right? it. I think it helps blocks that. Distracting that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Distraction. So food is always, you know, hmm. it's, it works and that that's the thing. But I think you know, going one even level deeper than that, it's that what what happens when you get to that scenario you're talking about where you're just like, screw it, I'm just going to eat. I think what happens is we come in with all of these food rules and all these ideas of what we're supposed to do, right? You create all this internal stress and then you just get to a breaking point where it's like, you have to do it fast and you have to do it behind your own back because you're not allowed to, right? You're not allowed to do it. Cheat yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, if you could just say to yourself, you're allowed, like you are allowed want to have some cookies have some like two cookies always going to be better than the sleeve right uh but that all comes starts with permission and sometimes permission at the beginning is like i'm having six cookies you know but i'm lighting Mm -hmm. a candle and i'm sitting at a 
the table and I'm putting them on a plate and I'm giving myself permission to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it at the counter. I'm not doing it at, you know, from the fridge. We only do that when we think we're not allowed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You talked about some of the tools. So you talked about, and it's really interesting that food is, is one of the tools in your belt. What are, what are some of the other tools that you turn to when you obviously have really advanced in this and can recognize these feelings now? So what are some of those other tools that you would turn to? I mean, for me, a big one is fresh air. I mean, it's, it's a pause, mm. it's getting outside, it's shifting yeah. the energy. Um, because a lot of times, you know, everybody's different, but I've learned for myself over the years, I often reach to, to food to like ground in, right? So if I'm feeling a little stressed, if I'm mm -hmm. transitioning from one part of the day to another, um, if I'm going from like work, the role of working to the role of being a mom, or, you know, just things like throughout the day where I am needing a moment of transition, I tend to snack. <laughs> or yeah. eat. So I've learned um, going out just five minutes of fresh air and just walking around the block cliche but it really is a helpful tool for, tool for me another one for me is is just permission to sit and do and stop because another thing I recognize for myself is that because I am a, like a, a bit of an ambitious person I'm a person that's kind of does a lot and I'm in motion often if I'm tired it, and I don't give myself permission to stop and just sit down take a nap or read a book or whatever to do nothing I will graze and snack because it, this was one that took me a minute to uncover. I feel like I'm being productive. Like I'm still doing. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Right? So permission to just stop, like to sit down and say, I'm not doing anything for 20 minutes. Like I don't have to, you can get your own snack. You can, you know, the kids can mm -hmm. do, I can stop. Um, so simple tools like that. Plus I am a big journaler. I like, I love to journal. I think it's very helpful if you find yourself wanting to eat and you're like seeing a pattern, you're like, I know I'm not hungry and I want to eat here. Try to identify like what, what is the, the, the feel state? What is the emotion that I'm wanting to eat over right now? You know, with permission to still do it at the beginning. I think that's a big thing for people is we want to change so fast, right? It's like, I, and so I always tell my clients at the beginning, you notice and say, oh, it's, it's, um, it's stress, let's just say, right? It's mm -hmm. stress. And just acknowledge for yourself, I'm going to eat right now because I feel stress. There's a lot of power in speaking the truth to yourself without judgment. I mm. think often change will come because something will let go of you rather than you having to do something when you allow yourself to acknowledge yourself with love, Yeah. right? I'm not wrong because I want to eat when I'm stressed. It makes sense. It works. It yeah. tastes good. It helps me de-stress. Like it's a great tool. I just don't want to do it as often because I don't like the byproduct that comes in the long mm -hmm. run. Right. So the ability to stay with yourself in all of these moments without judgment, which is a practice, no question. Yeah. Uh, often gives us the opportunity to just let these patterns release. You know, I think going back to dieting, especially people who work so hard, right? They're trying to lose weight. And we say, it's not from lack of trying. People wanting to lose weight are some of the hardest workers in the room. And the mentality is always like, I can do more. I can do more. Bring it on. We'll do more. I'll eat less. I'll do more. I'll move. And it's like, a lot of times it's less of a doing that is needed. And it's more of a being. Can I mm -hmm. be with myself when I'm stressed? 
Can I be with myself when I'm lonely? Can I be with myself when I'm bored? Like, can I learn how to be with myself in all of these different states? And it's interesting because as we create more space for that, the desire to eat starts to um, lessen. And then you see for yourself, it's less of a doing. I don't have to do another thing. I don't need to go on another diet. And it's more of an allowing. It's more of a just being. Yeah, it's really interesting. So for somebody that's starting out that, you know, has, it's the new year, they're like, okay, this is the year that I'm finally going to do it. I want to lose some weight. I want to get healthier. What are your top three tips, say? You can add more if you like for um, for somebody starting out that, that do you think would be beneficial for someone? Well, it's... I know everybody's different, but is and from an action step, like for so let's say for a place of doing, right? An action step, I would really truly say to pick one thing, right? Right. One meal, one type of movement, one practice, one habit. You know, for sometimes I say to people, maybe it's not even about food. Maybe it's about how you eat food. Maybe it's sitting down when you eat. Maybe it's setting a twenty-minute timer that, you know, my goal is to, you know, receive the true pleasure from this meal for 20 minutes and not to just eat because of the calories or the nutrients or the, but the real nourishment and pleasure that comes with the meal, or maybe it is what you eat. Maybe it's at breakfast every day. I want to start with, you know, a breakfast that's full with fiber and protein or whatever your goal is, right? Pick, pick one thing that resonates with you. And I would truly practice that thing for 30 days, just that one thing. And with the mentality of I'm doing a really good job. And every single day you do that one thing, you did that thing. Mm-hmm. Because the, usually the diet mentality is the exact opposite. It's never enough, right? We're never doing it good enough. We're never doing enough. Uh, and, and it really creates a very negative internal relationship yep. and dialogue and it, it feeds itself and it's painful. And I know because I've been there. Um, and so really permission to go, healthy lifestyle and uh, and then weight loss right it is a byproduct of tiny daily steps it's yep. a byproduct of yeah. tiny daily steps done consistently over time that's and that's what we talk about yeah. what the diet industry teaches mm-hmm. and picking a tiny daily step until you feel like it's just something that i do i'm just a person that moves my body for 30 minutes a day or 10 minutes a day what, where, you got to meet yourself where you are right mm-hmm. I'm just a person that does that. I, it doesn't feel so hard anymore. It's just kind of what I do. Like I'm a person, I wake up, I do my morning routine and then I work out. And I've gotten to this point in my life where it's like on days where I'm not like my off days, my it's like my body is like, where are we going now? And I'm like, when am I going anywhere today? <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, it just becomes a part of who you are, just a part of what you do. So that could be like, oh, I just, I'm a person who eats my breakfast at, this time every day. And, um, and I try to eat this kind of breakfast, or I'm just a person that when I eat lunch, I sit down and I enjoy my lunch. Like sometimes take the focus off of food, you know, just say, I'm going to eat something that sounds good, but I'm going to eat it with pleasure and awareness until I'm satisfied permission. Mm-hmm. And then, so that was one tip I know. <laughs> um, and there was one other thing I was going to say on that. I lost my train of thought. I think pleasure, like you said about pleasure, I think that's so important because people think I need to lose weight equals deprivation. I said that earlier, 
but I think to enjoy it, to enjoy the small steps along the way to the, the, the wins, I guess, the small wins of like mm -hmm. cooking yourself a nutritious meal that you enjoyed and just being in that moment and trying to, to, to do these things just, you know, little by little by little adds up to big, you know, in the end. But um, I think just thinking that there can be pleasure in this and, you, you know, people can make it fun through, I think that's, you know, something that's important for for people rather than thinking, oh, that person lost 100 pounds. How did they do it? Oh, okay, well, they completely cut out a whole food group. Oh, I'm going to do that, you know, and setting totally. themselves and up know, for failure. You know, I've noticed over the years, like people who are really, like the people that are really passionate and like extreme about nutrition, right? Like that you look at them on Instagram and you're like, wow, like she seems like she really likes doing that. Uh, they do. Right. And so it's like, they're doing what lights them up and then they're just teaching it to other people. Right. But you, have, but a huge part that we overlook is like, does it light you up? Because we, we can't outwork our feel state, right? You can't outrun how you feel. And I always say, if, you know, we will often reach for foods that match our emotional state, right? If you're feeling like this is why we have comfort foods, right? Think of what comfort foods usually consist of, right? They're heavy. They, they tend to weigh you down. They're, that's usually how we are feeling emotionally when we want comfort, right? We're feeling down. We're feeling weight. So think about, it's very difficult to eat a salad when you are feeling depressed, overwhelmed, stressed, you know, self-critical. Mm -hmm. We tend to want to eat foods that match our state of being. And so it's very important. Again, this is where that self-love and that self-compassion comes in to, to notice where you are so that you can, and, and so much of the negative energetic states will come from our own self-judgments. Like, I think that's really important to notice, especially when it comes to dieting. And that's why it's so important to give ourselves permission to just lighten up a little bit however that looks like feeling lighter might mean I'm not going to make myself get the salad I'm going to order the burger like permission to just get the burger yeah. right and, and then permission to enjoy it and have the pleasure and my I always say the only rule is when you eat you enjoy what you eat and when you've had enough you stop, stop. Yeah. right and but in order to do that there has to be that permission at the beginning yeah, that's great advice. Really great. Danny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, and sharing your story and inspiring others. And there was some really great advice mm -hmm. um, that I know Sarah and I are certainly going to to follow. Yeah, really yes, different things I've never thought of. a better of. word. Exactly. Yeah, just looking at different and just being kind to yourself. I think that's a big message in there. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not. So I know, and a lot of people aren't. It's huge. Um, it's really huge. But I love your straightforward approach and your book um, to, you know, just to healthy eating and losing weight. So, yes, thank you so much for, for joining thank us you. today. Yeah, really, really great. And I could literally chat with you both all day. <laughs> I'm going to be um, sharing a couple of the recipes on um on our hopefully that's all right from your book Definitely. um the pancake recipe the blueberry pancake recipe because i love that a serving has 30 grams of protein oh, pancakes it. who would have thunk 
Exactly. Um, and the black being, because as you were talking then about comfort, you know, I don't feel like a salad, I feel like something comforting. That black bean soup in there, um, there's a, uh, just for people listening, you whiz up the beans and you make it all creamy. So I'm also going to share that one with your permission, if that's okay. Bring me a clean and delicious. And if people uh, listen in, they'll also find that maybe there'll be a little giveaway from Sarah and me yeah, during the week. So thank you so much for chatting with us. We appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Thank you, Sunny. Come out. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's been really great. Thank you so much. Thank you both. It was my pleasure. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Hey, well, that was awesome oh I actually genuinely learned so much or thought of things that I've never thought of right it was brilliant really great yeah I think what I'm taking away from that is it's just like being kind to yourself mm -hmm. I mean we say that a lot but I think we I do, but we do, but, it. but not when it applies to those moments where you feel like you have overeaten or, you know, you do genuinely think of yourself in a negative manner after mm. those times, don't you? So I think that's my yeah. two things for me. I think that's one of my biggest learning points from that was just just being gentle with yourself when these right. things happen, because actually it is for a reason. Um, and the the small steps confirmation you know we've oh, said it yes. many times I'm actually already doing that for myself now but just again just to remind myself that really small steps will add up to a big achievement so that's great those are the, right. the two biggest or there's lots in there that she shared with us but I think those are my two biggest takeaways one thing I don't do that I would really like to to attempt mm. is is meditate because when she was talking about putting her you know like feeling mm -hmm. your heart and your stomach being in your body and just being in your body and giving yourself a moment when you feel that urge to overeat and just to calm your mind and all the rest of it I don't know there's no harm in trying that is there well also I think it removes that whole sort of um mindless situation where you feel like right. you're just stuffing it in you know if you suddenly become really aware of what you're doing you know and if you as she said even if you do eat more than you normally would eat of something then just to be kind with yourself about that but at least you can right. recognize the fact that you're doing it I think another great tip was when Danny was talking about making a bit for me I heard like making a bit of an event about something so putting the cookies on a plate mm -hmm. and sitting down and eat them and right. a candle and actually sit and enjoy it with a cup of tea or something not right just sort of sneak by the the biscuit tin, shove them Shoveling in. Them in. Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. Have them, have them if you want, but mm. make it something which is an intentional decision rather than something right. kind of be like a sneaking situation. So yeah, loads to unpack and take away from right. that. I'm sure everybody will find something that resonates with them mm -hmm. from, from her advice and conversation. And she mentioned journaling and it was something that I have said mm -hmm. I was really want to do this year. Yeah. But I always find that I think, Oh, I don't have time to do that, but it's, I think it's important. So I'm going to. I saw then, a thing, saw a little post this week that said, um, spend 10 minutes outside every day, unless you're busy and then make it an hour. <laughs> right. Because actually the time that you need to be out there and doing it is when you feel like you haven't got it the most. So I think that's right. one of those things, you know, you feel like you haven't got time to journal. Well, actually that's yeah. exactly when you do need to be doing it. Right. Right. If you felt yeah. like you had time for it, you probably wouldn't need to be writing down as much. So right. that is something to, to bear in mind. No, I thought it was excellent. She's yeah, great. great. She's passionate about it. And, you know, makes it fun 
and um, especially, you know, if people go and watch her YouTube channel, I like her no-nonsense approach yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. And the and the non-dieting thing and why diets, you know, like we talked about why diets don't work, but it's a whole a whole non-diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for one of a better word. Yeah. Fantastic. <sighs> what are our challenge? What's our challenge this week, Sarah? That I'm gonna nail. <laughs> <laughs> Am I actually setting this? Come on now. <laughs> Come on. So this week's challenge is to find three healthy recipes three healthy staple meals to begin a bit of a go-to folder or book or somewhere that you can have as your arsenal really so when you're feeling in a rush and feeling like you want to turn to something oh look at you with your great big folder I have (laughs) a folder already it's either people in your camp Lavonia or those people in my camp that don't have a folder that looks like that um so that's your challenge this week find three three easy healthy staple meals that you're going to put in a folder do it actually print them or write them out put them in a book and have them as a a go-to so grab a folder grab a book write them in if you haven't already got something anything like i put i Mm -hmm. when i'm testing recipes i like to write them down too yeah but yeah and then we can build on that yeah see look i've even i've got things in here that i needed more sleeves so i had to buy more of the plastic sleeves so yeah great but, you know things that people enjoy you don't want to pop anything in there that you just no no it's got to be something you can easily fall enjoy. back to isn't it yeah. so at those times that are hard yeah um but that said we're going to make some of danny's recipes this week aren't mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. Yep. so you had some in mind already and then i let yes. you pick me one i chose sarah's yes do you want to tell us what you're making uh, you read it out from the actual title go on it's oh, okay the- right it's a um red curry thai it's a thai red curry cod yeah yeah so that sounds delicious with lots of veggies in it and quite simple to make coconut milk Mm -hmm. coconut milk yeah just throwing everything in there yeah yeah that's the one i'm gonna make make that too i'm gonna do the soup with the black beans and um the pancakes the blueberry pancakes yes with the protein because Uh people people hear pancakes and they just think lots of carbs yeah you know lots of you know, butter and maybe assume it's something that you I need like to avoid. That. But... but but a serving, I you know, as I said, has thirty grams of yeah. protein. Because you know why? You know what's in it, Sarah? It's your favorite. Mm, mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't know Cottage it though. Cheese. Yes, you put it in a blender and whiz it up. You wouldn't even know it. I would be anyway. prepared to try it. I would. Okay, right here. <laughs> you, you heard that. Yeah, everyone you heard, heard it. that. Everybody live. Yes. <laughs> Heard that live on the Livonian Sarah podcast. Yeah. The um cottage cheese hater. But it is good for things like that if you can have uh dairy. Yes. Well, that's yeah. the thing. I can make it for me, can't I? Yes, yeah. Join us next week as we delve into the world of ultra-processed foods, what they are, why they're so bad for your health, and what you can do to avoid them. We also have a giveaway next week, so tune in for that. I may have given it away. Uh, Danny's cookbook, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, that's I think we're going to announce it on Thursday, which uh-huh. is the eighteenth, if memory serves me. Um, open to uh, US and uh, in um, UK, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, listeners. As always, thank you so much for listening. Visit our website, lavoniansera.com, for more on each episode, recipes, and the link to subscribe to our newsletter, weekly newsletter. Find links in the notes below to connect with us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. 
where you can watch us now as well as uh, you know listen to us. Um, also, see the show notes for links to. So I'm going to put them there for Danny's cookbook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do them for US, UK, and Australia, um, and her uh, to her accounts on social media uh, and her YouTube channel. Um, make sure to give her some loving because she's got some great recipes and some really good advice. So thank you for listening and thank you once again to Danny for um, coming on the show. Yep. So bye for now. Bye.